Good evening once again. Welcome to the Crystal Silence League Hour, episode uh, 105, I guess. Uh, Anyway, the power within, the power without. Tonight we're going to explore the connection between the inner power and the outer power and how you can forge that connection and tap into an almost infinite source of attractive magnetic power to bring into your life the things that you need, not necessarily the things that you want. They may not be good for you. But the things you need. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. Anyway, I just thought I'd you float away there for a little while. We haven't played that song in a little bit, or that piece of music. That, of course, is Facades by Philip Glass, who's uh, one of my favorite composers. You know, I, I went to uh, the Metropolitan Opera in New York City with my son on a spirit quest to sit through uh, or to enjoy the uh, opera Satyagraha about Gandhi. And uh, it was a wonderful experience. And at the end of it, uh, Mr. Glass himself came out and took a bow. And we were, yay, hey, yay. Thanks for composing music for crazy people like us. Yay. It was a wonderful thing. Tonight, the power within and the power without. Um, For those of you listening for perhaps the first time, we hope it's not the last time. Um, This is the Crystal Silence League Hour. If you were tuning in for WWF Live, we're sorry. I am not uh, Macho Man. I am not Rick, Nature Boy. Um, I am not Hulk Hogan, um, although I'm often mistaken for him, especially when I rip my T-shirt off my manly chest and uh, expose my rippling torso, <laughs> my rippling and and uh, buffed torso to the world. Um, I think Hulk and I are about the same age, uh, 57. I think he's like 61. We're about the same age. And... Uh, I, I don't think I'm, I'm as used up as he is, but uh, I've not been slammed off of uh, tables and chairs as much as he has either. Uh, almost as much, but not not as much. I'm kind of rambling here, aren't I? This is this is me. I, I walk a tightrope quite a bit. My attention span goes everywhere, and it doesn't take much to blow me off that tightrope. I'm kind of on a unit like one of those unicycle acts on a tightrope. It doesn't take much to knock me off. I'm the flying Walenda of uh, metaphysical radio. But the Crystal Silence League was started around 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon, a magical adept, for the purpose of distributing positive prayer and affirmation for all those in need of such. And over the years, he uh, amassed maybe several thousands of members in a worldwide grid of crystal ball adepts. He gave people crystal balls, and he would send out giftways via his uh, master ball, 
And I wonder who has his crystal ball these days. I guess his family had it at some point, and I wonder where it is now. Someone has it, unless it was buried with him. I don't think it was. And so these thought waves would go out, and people would receive them, uh, waves of peace and comfort and healing and positive affirmation and prosperity. And he would teach people how to um, use it themselves with a book. Uh, called Codes and Instructions for Members of the Crystal Silence League, which we still have for you if you'd like to have a copy. We also have a book by Mr. Conlon called Crystal Gazing, and we have a third book by uh, your jovial Reverend John St. Germain called Crystal Healing or Crystal Magic, uh, Healing, uh, Spellwork, and Divination with Gems and Minerals. So uh, all these books are available through us, through our gift store, as well as a wide variety of crystals and crystal balls. All you have to do is buy one. When you with any purchase, you get a year's membership in the Crystal Silence League. So you know, buy one thing a year, you get a lifetime membership, as long as you buy stuff. So um, when you buy a crystal and a crystal ball, by the way, you get one of those books. Not my book, but you get one of uh, Mr. Alexander, Mr. Alexander Conlon's books. So it's a good thing to have, isn't it? All right. So let us uh, proceed. Um, our stone of the week is tiger iron, by the way. So. Um, if you look at a piece of tiger iron, it's got about every color in it. There's a, there's a hematite, red jasper, a golden brown, uh, red. It's about everything in it. So uh, trying to tell you what chakra it uh, attaches to, it goes all the way from your uh, butthole to your uh, eye hole. So uh, <laughs> from the root chakra to the crown chakra. Uh it's a supreme piece of stone, and when they're polished, they look really pretty. Uh, uh, it, it look, it's banded um, in multicolors, and uh, you can find just about any color. It's orange, yellow, red, uh, brown. Uh, you, um, you don't really well. You don't really see blues in them that much, but you'll see bluish gray and uh, occasionally white if you're lucky. You can find a stone that really has every color of the chakra, the entire uh, spectrum. If, if you're lucky, you can find them. Uh, but basically, uh, it's a great stone for uh, bridging uh, the chakras and grounding the chakras and chaining them together like a necklace. Uh, it's uh, one of the best of the grounding stones. It just kind of grabs the chakras and roots them to the root and then to, from the root to the ground. Uh, so if you feel burned out, exhausted, uh, if you feel uh, stranded, if you feel... Uh, easily distracted by noise or chaos around you. Uh, this is a very good piece to work with. Uh, it's a very solid piece of rock, so wash it off, and you can use it with the direct infusion method. If you're making an elixir, just put it in some water, uh, whatever amount you want to make. Uh, I don't advise you to make too much elixir at a time because you know water over time can develop amoebas and things, but uh, put it in the sunlight for uh, healing and in the moonlight for magical work if you're making elixir and uh, add a couple of drops of brandy to keep it from uh, growing algae and mold and uh, you can uh, sprinkle this around your house you can use it in uh, spell work you can anoint your chakras with it um, lots of stuff you can do with elixirs we might do a special one day on crystals and elixirs and things that's how you uh, Work with these. I'll tell you, it's um, it'll work with the root chakra, the sacral chakra, the solar plexus chakra, um, and um, depending on if you can get the the colors in it, uh, I mean, go through a uh, a tub of these things and 
find whatever you want to work with. Uh, really, for me, the, mo- the, the more colors in a piece of tiger uh, iron, the better. Uh, but that's our stone of the week. As you know, uh, the Crystal Silence League is a prayer service. And if you go to www.crystalsilenceleague.org, where you'll find us in our current uh, incarnation, after Mr. Conlon died in 1954, the League passed into the silence with him until Missionary Independent Spiritual Church revived it around 2007, I think, um, on the Internet in cybernetic form. So now it is indeed a worldwide network, as it once was with Crystal Balls, but now we have Crystal Balls and the Internet joining our, uh, our vast membership. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you that I know that we have um, uh, a newsletter subscription uh, membership of about six thousand people. So I don't I don't know how many people we have doing prayers, but we get several hundred prayers a week. Uh, I know I posted a prayer a couple of weeks ago, and then when I went back to remove it, I had to go through, and it was a week later. I had to go through about two hundred and eighty prayers to get to mine to remove it. So we do get. Uh, we thought about 100, but it's more like 200 or more prayers a week. And prayer is always free. You don't have to post a fee or put anything in our collection plate, although we do appreciate it if you do. Uh, Contributions help defray the cost of the website and administration and stuff. But we get lots of prayers. And uh, when you post a prayer there, people will click on it and pray for you. And our pastors pray for you quite a bit. So... um, what I'm going to tell you is that we shall uh, read some of these prayers aloud, and you may indeed uh, pray with us uh, if you are so desired, and you can use your crystal ball for prayer, or you can do uh, whatever in the world you want to do. Um, and I'm going to tell you that we have uh, prayers that span the entire gamut of human experience on the Crystal Silence League. Um uh, as you will find out if you listen to the show or read our prayers. So let's get started. We're going to start with prayer ID number 62654, and we're always anonymous. I never call your name out. And uh, this is a prayer for protection from negative judgment. And she prays, I'm praying that my mother never finds out. Amen. And we have prayer ID number 62652, who says, Please send good spirits my way. Thank you, Saints Anthony, Expedite, Jude, Michael. Ancestors, please continue to help and bless my work relationships with L.A. Mom, help me get well-paying gigs and decent apartment and my mom, fine publisher. Saint Expedite, please accept flowers and cake that I left at church. Amen. Good idea. Leave blessings to your... uh, spirits that you pray to if you if you if you honor your spirits they'll honor you prayer id 62641 who says i lost the love of my life to another woman suddenly without warning i strongly feel like we still belong together or at the very least have unfinished business please pray he returns to me my energy is so tied to his that i can barely breathe amen Prayer ID 62640, who says, I pray for everyone who needs healing to get the healing they need right now, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, deeply healed from within. 
Please up the level of vibration and attraction for everyone in need and desiring full health so they can self-heal as much as possible right now, especially those who are most vulnerable to the whims of politically motivated lawmakers, quotes, with great insurance and much income seeking to transfer wealth from poor to rich with the stroke of a pen. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Prayer ID 62639. For the past two years, I've had recurring dreams about mausoleums, cemeteries, funeral carriages, and coffins. Through divination, I discovered someone took my personal concerns to a graveyard and has caused the death of potential marriage, childbearing, friendships, and business opportunities. After years of skin breakouts and hair falling out, I'm asking for a prayer on this situation. Amen. You might seek out professional help on this and get uh, you know get some uncrossing and uh, other work done. Prayer ID six two six three eight. Who says my oldest son, who has custody of his young, works very long hours because of this. My grandson has to stay home with no playmates because my son has to sleep. This has led him to lose friends. I ask you to pray for my grandson so that he has friends so he can play with and hang around with so he's not so bored all day long. He's a good boy and used to be so popular. Please pray that he is popular and well-liked and has friends his age that he can play with and talk to. God bless you always. Amen. Prayer ID 62637. My therapist is going to ask D to come and have a session with me. Please encourage him to say yes and talk things out and explain everything to me. Please pray for us to work through our mental issues so we can be fit to be in a relationship with each other. Please give us both strength to be supportive of each other. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 62635. Guidance to all things right by everyone. Nobody is hurt and all are only helped. Amen. Okay, let's see here. Prayer ID 62627. First, bless all that bless me. May all the good fortune you bless for me come back to you tenfold. Next, please have my ex-husband settle with me and in my favor. Please stop him from moving things around and changing everything we agree upon. Please have him offer me a better settlement than he has ever offered before July 1st. Please let us settle. Sign divorce decree issue no later than the 5th of July, 2017. Amen. Prayer ID 62625. My dog had to be put down April 1st. I came home to an empty house on May 6th. Things keep going backward in my business. What in the world is going on? I'm a good, honorable man who just wants to love and support his family. Please, I ask that you say a prayer for me, as I really need support in these troubling, depressing times. We sure will. Amen. And prayer ID 62624. I pray that my beloved will end her current same-sex relationship and return to me with all the love and lust and fidelity we had for years up until just a few weeks ago. Help her to wake up and return to me immediately. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. And let's have a moment of prayer for all those in need of comfort and assurance and healing.
Amen. Well, we have for uh, CSL Radio a pretty full room tonight. We have several guests in our chat room. And uh, we have uh, Candelo, host of Candelo's Corner on LMC Radio in the in the house. And uh, it's good to see him. And we have a few other guests here, uh, some of our steady listeners, our regular guests uh, in chat. So be sure to come over and chat. We are a call-in show, by the way, if you want to call in and uh, comment on proceedings. Uh, the call-in, if you want to call in, is 657-383-0525, and you press 1. And a flag pops up. And... It's not really a flag. It's like a little question mark, because I think it's really funny. And then I, I put you on the air, and then you can say what's on your mind. And, you know, occasionally we get crank callers, and that's kind of funny. It's like you're going to try to crank us, right? You're going to you're going to try to um, get one up over on us, like we haven't heard at all. Uh, <laughs> like someone who does what we do for a living. Uh, you're going to tell you're going to say something to us we haven't heard about a million times. You know, that's really funny. That, you know, that's pretty funny. So, uh, you know, be my guest. Um if you're not listening to Candelo's Corner, you really ought to because uh, this is uh, not only is an informative show, um, but it's at times you'll uh, you'll cry you'll just cry laughing. Uh, he is the pit bull of conjure. That's his new nickname, the pit bull of conjure. And uh, I, I tell you, this is a funny man and a knowledgeable man and a very talented spiritual worker. So we're talking about uh, the power within and. Uh, Many of you have uh, followed me as I as I uh, rant and rave and foam at the mouth about how the law of attraction is commonly taught by motivational speakers. Um, one, they only teach a part of it, and uh, two, they focus mainly on the gaining of material possessions, wealth, cars, uh, jobs, and things like this. And there's another side to it that is totally neglected. And uh, I'll tell you a story about a friend of mine. He was uh, uh, kind of a fringe spiritual worker. He was in the motivational field, and he taught the law of uh, attraction, success, and he had a meteoric rise to the top. He was making a lot of money, and man, he bought cars and houses and swimming pool and had women on both arms. And um, then it all fell apart, as it quite often does, and I'll tell you why in just a little while. And and he was a friend of one of the authors of The Secret. I'm not going to say who because a lot of the way a lot of these guys make money is sue people. <laughs> That's part of their secret of success is lawsuits. But uh, you know, and you don't hear much about The Secret anymore, by the way. And there's a reason for that. But we we talked about that last week. How it was a product. It was uh, the product of 24 authors, uh, a marketing machine, and uh, very little follow up on some of these stories. But uh, he was a friend of one of the authors and uh, kind of a disciple, and uh, the bottom fell out. So he was telling me, he said, I don't know why you have such a problem with the law of attraction. I said, I don't. I said, but you understand there's like 10 corollary laws that New Thought uh, practitioners learn along with it, that the early pioneers of New Thought, even though New Thought goes back thousands and thousands of years, but the people who were putting it in a codified and teachable form had other laws to support it. And so uh, people start taking this out and saying that basically if you make strong wish wishes, like rubbing Aladdin's lamp, you'll get what you wish for. And uh, so basically what happened to him, they go, oh, no, John, it works, it works. I said, okay, so why then at the top of your career, 
did your wife leave you? She took her son. He t- took your son with her, and for 18 months, you were living in your storage unit. And don't tell me you weren't, because I know you. You're a friend of mine. I know you. And don't try to bullshit me, because you don't bullshit me. I'm I'm your friend. You know. And the thing about friends is, if you're a good friend, you don't you don't bullshit each other. And this is what I expect from my friends. If I'm about to mess up, my friends, the ones I've had for 30 years, the the, the friends that I keep are the ones that say. John, you're messing up. Don't do that. You know, they call me on it, and they're not afraid to hurt my feelings, and I'm that same way with my friends. And the friends who have stuck around are the friends who don't mind that and who appreciate that because that's the best thing a friend can do for you is tell you when you're about to mess up. When you're, you know, you you head over heels with this woman, you know, or if you're a woman with a man or you're a man with a man or a woman with a woman, and that they are the worst thing possible for you, but you're too blind to see it. And they, say, they take you aside and they say, uh, let me talk to you about this. And they know that they could lose the friendship. They know that, and yet they love you so much they do it anyway. This is the best kind of friend you can have. You should surround yourself with friends like this. If you have friends that always are, quote, supportive, if they're 100% supportive, they're not good friends. They're just sucking up to you to get something from you. They're lonely or they're getting something from you. A good friend will challenge you. A good friend will challenge you. Life will challenge you. Um, everything will challenge you. If you're not being challenged, first of all, you're not living. You're not paying attention. And if your friends are not challenging you, they're not really your friends. Your friends should be constantly vigilant to make sure you're not about to shoot yourself in the foot. And these are the best friends I've ever had. And um, so I was calling my friend on. I said, man, you lived in your own storage unit for 18 months. Why did your success run out? And he said, well, I don't know. And I said, now, it turned around, though, didn't it? He goes, yeah, but I'm not where I was. I said, no, you weren't, but you're doing okay now, right? Yeah, I'm a good woman, yeah. Got your son back, yeah. And you're making a good living, yeah. I said, what was the difference? And he said, well, I found God. And I said, bingo, you balanced your spiritual life with your material life. You see, he balanced his spiritual life with his material life, and unless you do this, the law of attraction will not work for you. And this is this is what I mean by the inner power and the outer power. The power within is what's taught a lot. And I always cringe when I hear uh, a motivational speaker talk about the power within. I'm going, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. Uh, the power within is a very strong power, nearly infinite in some people. But that word nearly, that's what's going to kill you. Uh, we all have an inner reserve of power that we're given to a greater or lesser degree, depending on the person. And I'm going, I'm going to tell you where that comes from in a minute. That gets us through hard times. This is a, an attractive power that can bring us luck and prosperity, uh, energy when we need it, strength when we need it, but it is limited. And so when we start practicing the techniques taught under the law of attraction, the way it's taught by most people, we tap into that inner power. And we, we experience a surge of dynamic success. Uh, almost, we almost get giddy with it. We're like, oh, my gosh, look, I'm manifesting. I got Man, I got these great concert tickets. I got these great football tickets. Man, I'm on the front line. And nobody could get these. But at the last minute, somebody had to sell them to pay for their wife's surgery. And I got them for nothing. I got them for like a third of the price. I got these great Super Bowl tickets for a third of the price. And I manifest, my boss manifested a, I manifested a raise in my boss. I manifested this car. Manifest, and then it runs out. And this is a story I hear and you'll hear 
a thousand times. And this is one reason why the secret kind of faded out because a lot of these people that were, um, including Oprah Winfrey, who was on the secret bandwagon, people were calling up and said, yeah, I had cancer and I threw my drugs away and now I'm using uh, positive affirmations to treat my cancer. And uh, Oprah's like, uh, uh, no, well, uh, how, how are you doing? Well, I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, well, I think you shouldn't do that. So, see, this was the problem with this. It was um, people were getting this, this rush, and it's like a narcotic. It works really well at first. It wor- it's like, man, it, I tell you, if, if, you've ever, uh, if you've ever done this, you know, if you've ever done cocaine, you've ever done heroin, you feel really good for a little while until it turns around and starts killing you because your body has a certain amount of reserve. And you, th- you think, man, you do cocaine, you're like an 800-pound gorilla until it starts killing you and destroying your life and ruining your relationships. For a while, though, it's really good. That's the way this inner power is. For a while, you can really draw amazing miracles out of it until it runs out. And then your life will start to fall apart. You have exhausted your reservoir of attractive power. Now, there are lots of ways you can get it back, and some of these are magical ways, and um, – some of these are, uh, you know, there's a spell work and crystals. And a lot of people that call me have just exhausted it. They're, they're gone. They're, they have nothing left. You know, you do a divination. You say, man, you've got nothing. <laughs> you know, you've got nothing. And, uh, but the main re- way you make this work is how it was taught by the um, um, old guys, and that is to develop an awareness a fundamental awareness and connection with the invisible, creative, cosmic realm of God, the God law, the creative law. And when I talk about God, remember, I'm not talking about a person, a personality. I'm talking about the law, the law that brings everything into creation, the laws that bring into creation all reality, you, me, and everything. And we've talked about this for months now, and we know this. We're not people of faith now. We're people of knowledge. We, if you've done the exercises uh, we've been talking about, you have know, you know this. We know that there's an invisible, creative, living force that has brought everything into existence. You and I are direct evidence of this. That's why we are here, the grass beneath our feet, the bird overhead, the, the mosquito that sucks your blood. Uh, the politician that wants your vote. All of this is a manifestation of this great cosmic God law. Now, if this is a fact, do you not see that this unseen part of you, which would be the inner part of us, which is the real part of us, the unseen is the real. What we can't see is real. The material part is just the manifestation of the real part. But the real part must be indefinite, permanent, and dynamic connection with the great reservoir of spiritual power from which you draw your very life. If you're alive, you are in direct connection to the spiritual realm. The only problem is most of us have willfully separated ourselves from the God law. Now, it's a staggering thought that we're connected there and that we turn our minds against it, but that's the story of Adam and Eve. That's the mythic story of Adam and Eve, was that they disobeyed the God law. Man fell from grace. We're separated from the God law. So it's a staggering thought, but it's the truth. This is why most people will never have what they need. And it's 
It's like this. Imagine that there's this mighty reservoir of water that supplies all the water in your house. That power of that water, if that was directly beamed, you know, directly popped into your house, if you open your faucet, it would blow the faucet off and drown you. So the pressure's cut down several times, big pipe, littler pipe, littler pipe, through reduction valves to a smaller pipe that goes to your faucet. Now, this applies to the spiritual realm. If you are a powerless human being, as far as spiritual power goes, your connection is clogged. <laughs> your pipe is just too, you know, like a galvanized pipe gets rusted over time. Your spiritual connection to the higher power is just too damn small. The outlet is limited, and before the spiritual power can manifest you, you got you got to clear out that connection. You got to enlarge it. So, uh, if there's people, are there people in your life you admire? You go, man, I'd like to be like him. I'd like to have the power he has, the spiritual power he has. Um, if you only had that, well, you'd see he'd have no power at all uh, unless he was connected to a higher power. He's, he's not getting that power from within. He's he's a conduit. He's channeling that. So we, um, this is why I talk about the great without, the power without. Now, we, we see that if we look at the message of the Christ, you know, Jesus, I, his message is very direct but often misunderstood. Um, people think about Jesus as a, uh, as a divine being, and Jesus often said he was a man and that he understood God's law and that God was doing the work, not him. He said this over and over again, and yet to this day, people worship Jesus as if he were a God, and Jesus often said, what I do, you can do. The kingdom of God is within you. If you knew what, if you knew what I did, what I knew, you could do this too. He, he, when, he wrote, when he lifted Lazarus from the grave, he said, what I just did, you can do it, if you but had faith. I don't think this was just a saying. I believe he was speaking the truth. And I believe that we had the connection, the direct connection that Jesus had with the creative force, we could do the same things. And indeed, there are people who have that connection and who bring about miracles of healing. Now, when I'm going to tell you that, do you need proof that there is a power without? Okay. Um, the universe itself has a cosmic field. They used to call it the cosmic ray, the cosmic field, the, the etheric field. And I'm going to tell you that this has been measured. Um, and these cosmic rays exist in the atmosphere, constantly bombarding the Earth from outer space. And outer space goes way out there. Uh, this is uh, uh, radiation, power, uh, atomic power, nuclear power microscopic power uh, that is constantly at work in the universe, a charged uh, atmosphere which has been measured at over 500 million volts just in the atmosphere, just in the air, just in empty space. Empty space has over 500 million volts of cosmic energy coursing through it. And that electric field of energy, can you not understand that if this is the the electric charge of the universe, you know, the electric voltage of the brain is a few millivolts. 
there is an electric charge to the brain. The, the nervous system is a few millivolts. The electric charge of space around you is 500 million volts. Now, the neuronic network of the universe. So you need a physical field for the existence of this life spirit. There it is. Now, I believe that I'm introducing evidence from every aspect of life, from spirit, from reality, from cosmic law, from quantum physics, to showing Gosh, I have a doubt this cosmic realm of creative energy does exist. You can't get something from nothing, people say. I say, okay, there's 500 million volts of energy just in empty space. That's not nothing. We also know matter arises from energy, that the matter of everything around us, a solid table, on the very uh, basic level is energy. It's wave. It's activity. Matter comes from energy. 500 million volts in empty space. Now, I've used this term uh, – Life spirit, I've used the term creative law, I've used God law. The, I believe that this God spirit was and is responsible for every created thing and every material condition. I don't think it happened accidentally. I believe that it occurred because of creative law, and I believe that this God realm is accessible to anybody who looks for it sincerely and consistently. It's not going to happen just because you ask, but asking is part of it. Now, be aware that we're all surrounded by this dynamic unseen cosmic realm. And that cold-blooded material scientists have declared that this unseen energy of empty space may be measured in terms of volts and have determined that that energy is somewhere between 1,000 million volts in totally empty space to 500 million volts in uh, space that, uh, that has matter in it. So at this point, you have to ask yourself, why am I not conscious of a staggering <laughs> volume of spiritual energy? And I tell you, if you had understanding of yourself as you truly are, your true nature, you would be conscious of it. If you saw yourself as a totally spiritual being that just happens to have a physical manifestation, you would be conscious of it. Um, Look at whatever's in front of you right now, uh, a pencil, um, a brick, if, you're, if you have a brick in front of you. I always keep a brick on my desk. I use a brick for a lot of material uh, uh, examples, a pocket knife. Whatever's in front of you, just look at that and understand it arose. It started as a thought, and it arose into being out of the process of creativity, out of the process of creation, just as you and I did. The same laws that went into creating us went into the creation of that brick or that pencil or that knife. But we have an imperfect knowledge of this power of the great cosmic life realm. And the more we live with it and spend time with it and understand it, though, the more perfect our knowledge becomes. And this power without is what we draw in you see, and we create a union that never should have uh, been disunioned, I guess. We create a union between the internal and the external. In fact, we don't even need that internal charge anymore. We become a conduit for that infinite, omniscient, omnipresent God energy. And if you do that, oh my goodness gracious, uh, 
you can manifest anything you need. Not anything you want. And I'm going to tell you why that is in a minute. Um, but let's go to station identification while you digest that and perhaps get a cold drink. Hallelujah. Praise God. We'll be back in a minute. Excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30. Candela's Corner with Candela Candisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige the Firyu, Wednesdays 3 to 4.30. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya. Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All Times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, I want to also talk to you about the idea of thoughts as real things. Um, sometimes people doubt that. Now, I'm talking to an audience that already knows about things like this, but a lot of times people say, well, you know, how can thoughts be real things? Well, sometimes when you're dealing with an individual's thought, it's not that obvious, although sometimes it is, how one person's thoughts can influence many. I'll, you look, look at history, for instance, but um, let's look at a city. Or a town. Have you ever, you know, you go to a town, and these town, you know, cities and towns have a, a flavor. They have a spirit, and some towns have a certain spirit, and some towns have another spirit. And this is the collective spirit, the collective energy of the population, the populace. And there's even a word for this: uh, esprit de popula, esprit de popula, the spirit of the population. And so you take a person from, uh, say, a quiet country location and take him to the city and he can be swept away just by the force of the spirit of the place now over time he'll regain his um, his balance his equanimity but you can go to some towns and feel like man this feels good it's a very homey place go to other towns you think man there's something wrong going on here and you find out the people are bitter i'll, I'll tell you about jasper indiana uh, when I was on the road performing with my son, we stopped at Jasper, Indiana. And the first thing we noticed was how uncommonly clean the town was. No litter on the streets. Everything was it was clean. And, and I'm, I'm saying, okay, it's a neat little town, but this was unusually clean. And we checked into the hotel, and we said, well, he said, have you ever been to Jasper before? I said, no, we haven't. And he, he got this disturbed look on his face. He goes, it's an unusually clean little town. And he had this disturbed look on his face. And the hotel room, and this was not an expensive hotel because, you know, when you're in entertainment, you, 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 you stay in the cheapest hotel you can. But it was clean. It was clean. Everything was clean, so clean. And we just got the eeriest feeling in that town. And then we noticed that the town was populated by nothing but white people. And I don't mean just shades of white. I mean white people. It was like Village of the Damned. Everybody was like blonde hair, blue eyed, 
uh, Aryan white people. And um, I just said, this is an eerie town. It's a clean town, you see. It's a clean town. And we got the hell out of there. As soon as, as soon as I did my bit, I had a presentation to give. We gave that presentation, and we got the hell out of Jasper, Indiana. Now, Jasper, Indiana is when they make Jasper engines you know, for automobiles, and they make the best engine in the world for your car. If you'll get a replacement engine for your car, you get a Jasper engine, and I guarantee you that's the cleanest running engine you'll ever get. But Jasper, Indiana, and Gary, Indiana, uh, that has a, a feel to it. Uh, you talk to people, and I, I know more people who have Gary, Indiana stories, and they're always bad. No one ever tells me a good story. But they go, yeah, Gary, I got a story about Gary, Indiana. I know I'm about to hear something horrid, something terrible that happened. So there are these towns that have uh, an ambiance, and this is the collective energy of the place. And, of course, this collective energy sends out an attractive force, a magnetic force that draws in more people like that. And if you're in the opposite polarity of that energy or that that charge, you will be repelled by that, as I was, because I'm not unusually clean. <laughs> yes, the reverend has his dirty moments. So um, I was... Um, but we're talking about the spirit of the place. So you, you find that you can be either in harmony or in disharmony with the people around you based on mentation because of the mental vibrations. So uh, strong-willed people can develop uh, a resistance to the thoughts of the people around them. But those of weak will will find themselves over time adapting to it. Uh, it's called uh, induction uh, acclamation, indoctrination, and it explains a lot of what happened in Germany uh, in the 30s and 40s. It explains a lot. So uh, understand that uh, thoughts manifest. Not just you know a guy gets an idea and builds a, a neat machine. A guy says, "Hey, I have an idea for a microchip," but also just in the force, the sheer force of strength. And we've talked about exercises here where you, uh, you know, you look at people and you think to yourself, I'm stronger than you. I'm stronger than you. You'll do what I say. And how more often than not, this can turn the tide in your favor. So these general ways of mentative energy or mentative currents build and gather in the space around us. And as uh, many of the new uh, thought thinkers and writers teach us, Great vortexes of energy are generated that can be used to our advantage. There are vortexes of energy of people thinking about prosperity that you can dive into with your uh, thoughts of prosperity. Uh, people with great vortexes of spiritual energy, great vortexes that have been going on for thousands of years built up. Uh, there, there are thoughts that just mean nothing. that just go out there and go and fall flat. There are thoughts of great men that have a life span long past their lives, and then there are these great vortexes of spiritual energy that live in this voltaic atmosphere of 500 million volts. And this, all this activity together, that is the creative mind. That's the divine mind. The thoughts of everything that's ever lived and ever, ever will live, that's the divine mind. Now, why can't we get ahead? Well, I said you can get what you need, but not what you, not what you want. I'm going to bounce a concept off of you. Um, a lot of people know about the afterlife. 
it sometimes surprises people when you talk about the pre-life. And uh, the pre-life is a concept uh, from, from many belief systems, but the idea is that before we're born, in between lives, and, and to uh, presuppose this, you have to have uh, a belief or you have to buy in a little bit to the idea of reincarnation. And I'm going to tell you that um, there is a lot, I mean a lot of evidence, and evidence of a scientific and replicable nature of reincarnation. There's a book by a guy named Ian Stevenson I suggest you check out called 21 Cases Suggestive of Reincarnation, uh, where uh, uh, Dr. Stevenson, who was a scientist, interviewed a whole bunch of kids who had detailed memories of past lives. And then rather than just take his, take their word for it, this is not under hypnosis. These were kids who said, yeah, I remember being like a pilot and, uh, and I have memories of this. And this is my name. This is my family. So Dr. Stevens went out and, and, uh, in, and did research and said, these memories are true. They're accurate. So, uh, and there, there, he, he did a follow up on that. And, um, uh, uh, there's been some criticism by the hyper skeptics who don't that you know they wouldn't believe the sky's blue if you told them it was, but uh, I'm fairly um, convinced that it was true. But the pre-life agenda is what I want to talk to you about. Uh, in between lives, some people believe there's a resting phase where we decide the circumstances of our next birth on this earth. Let's say, so for the sake of spiritual growth, we decide on a spiritual agenda which we'll accept during this life. Now, this part of this agenda is uh, determining the amount of stress and suffering we're willing to undergo for the sake of our future spiritual advancement. Um, the idea is that the spirit, the soul, will grow through each lifetime until it's spiritually advanced enough to join, uh, to be enlightened or to join or to gain awakening and can join with the creative force and not have to come back ever again. So, we make a pact, we make an agreement, we sign a contract. There are many ways you can put this, uh, that we're going to, let's say there's a level from 1 to 10. We're going to say, okay, this life I'm going to go level 5. Now, if you go up to level 9, uh, I don't think anybody's allowed to go level 10. But if you go, like I said, at level 8 or level 9, you're going to have a terrible life. Man, your life's going to be terrible. Uh, but let's say you say level 5, and you say, okay, I'm going to go level 5. And once you make this pact, you're bound by it. This uh, agreement determines the level of suffering you've agreed to undergo during this lifetime from birth to death. Now, from what I've gathered, uh, we don't get to pick the specific details of this stressful situation. You can't say, okay, I'm going to go level five, so uh, I'm going to have to uh, dig ditches all my life. You don't get to do the specific details. So you might be born into a poor family. You might have a drunken father. You might have no father around the house. You might be born with a serious but not a debilitating handicap, an illness that uh, where you're fine a lot of your life, but then around age 20 or so, uh, you eventually are confined to a wheelchair. Maybe you're a musician and you'll go deaf. Maybe you're an artist and you go blind. Any number of unfortunate circumstances can come along to challenge you spiritually, and our struggles to overcome these conditions may help us develop spiritually, but not necessarily financially, nor do these struggles bring us those things, the law of attraction, gurus promise, wealth, fame, fortune, sex partners, etc. But the point is, these pre-life agendas override whatever affirmations or wishes or projections you may be sending out via the law of attraction guidelines. No amount of affirmative projection will cancel that pact you made before you were born into this life 
And you know, some people call this working off your karmic debt. So the third point of this is that chasing after material gain alone is just a dead end anyway. It leads to frustration and emptiness. You'll never be happy with material gain. You will have moments of happiness. Like my three-year-old, you know, my three-year-old granddaughter, she uh, goes to the doctor and gets a shot, and she's crying and unhappy. We'll say, well, we'll go buy you any toy you want. She's happy for a little while until she stubs her toe. Then we say, okay, we'll buy you some ice cream. She's happy for a little while, you know, until she uh, we tell her she has to go to bed, right? So she uh, has another disappointment. You know, let's say um, she uh, she has to change. You know, she changes classes and she won't see her best friend in her other class. She's really disappointed. We'll say, well, we'll buy you a Peppa Pig doll. She's happy again until something else comes along. That's how little kids are. Well, this is what material stuff does. You're happy, you buy a car. You go, hey, I can buy me this great car. Well, you're happy with it for a little while until you're not, you're bored. Then you say, okay, I'm going to buy me a great stereo system. Well, you're happy with that for a little while until you're not, you're bored. You say, I'm going to go buy some jewelry. You're happy with that for a little while until you're bored. Well, I'm going to get me a great sexual partner. Well, you're happy with that partner until you get bored and you're not. So you see, the chase of the chasing of this material uh, uh it's a dead end. It leads to emptiness and frustration. Now, there's nothing wrong with prosperity at all. I like prosperity. I love prosperity. And there's a spirituality to prosperity. But money that benefits you has to benefit others. That's part of the spiritual law of prosperity. But spiritual progress must be balanced along with it, with the material pursuits. While you're projecting gaining prosperity, you have to stay connected with spirit. And if you connect with spirit, you can assure a never-ending flow of power that will bring you the things you need, but not necessarily the things you want. And while you're connecting with spirit and working on your spiritual agenda, you'll gain the wisdom in knowing the difference between the things you need and the things you want. And it's the work of every mature adult to unpack that agenda, that spiritual agenda, and work on spiritual growth. That's the work of every mature adult. To, to dig deep into that closet, uh, a lot of the stuff is buried in our unconscious mind. We have past trauma. We have past insults. We have past injuries that we bury deeply. And we have um, defense mechanisms that cover them. And I'm going to tell you that the defenses that we build around our traumas are far more damaging to our forward spiritual progress than the original trauma. I don't care what it is. I don't care whatever happened to us. The defenses we put around us hold us back much further than just confronting that trauma and dealing with it and letting it go, working through whatever grief, whatever release you have to do, and letting go of the defenses. And then you can connect with people on a very one-to-one level. I mean, How many people have had very terrible things happen to them in childhood, and now they can't connect to people? They can't have relationships. Um, they can't do what their heart tells them to do. How many people, their, the true self, their true identity, still locked in a closet and they're pretending to be somebody that their parents wanted them to be? And, and the true self is in the closet yelling, let me out, let me out, let me out, let me out, let me out. Well, that true self is manifesting in their life all around them. That's the people that are being mean to them. That's the cars that break down. That's the jobs that never come out. That's the law of attraction at work right there. If someone calls me up and tells me, you know, everybody at work hates me, and every job I've ever had, everybody hates me at work, you know, that's their true self. 
manifesting, trying to get out, their true self is causing that to happen and say, get the fuck out of that job. You're in the wrong job. You know, I want to be an artist. I want to be a musician. I want to be something else. So the true self is manifesting that. That's the law of attraction. If your car keeps breaking down, I don't care where you buy it. I know someone that does this. No, I don't care who he buys the car from, where he buys it, how old the car is. That car will break down within six weeks. And I said, that is a manifestation of your subconscious mind. You're manifesting the chaos within you to the outside. I said, you are that car because you break down every six weeks too. You can't keep a job longer than six weeks. You can't keep a relationship longer than a couple of months. That car is a manifestation of you. You get your inside life together. You'll buy a car like mine. I've had the same car for 20 years. <laughs> it's 300,000 miles on it. It's never broken down on me. You know why? Because I don't break down. I keep going. <laughs> you, know, you know, you change my oil. Uh, you rotate my tires. And I just keep going, man. And you see, my cars don't break down. I don't manifest broken down cars. If you're manifesting broken down cars, that's because something in you uh, and uh, uh, you are uh, manifesting it. Look around your life around you. Your life around you is a manifestation of your internal state. That's the number one rule of new thought. Internal states manifest externally. And I have come to believe this with all my heart. Now, there are random things that happen to you. You can't believe, you know, like if you walk under a window and a brick falls and hits your head. You know, there are random things that happen to you. And sometimes you can't tell the difference. Buddha said that. He said uh, there are more, uh, there's so many variations in a single, uh, so many factors go into a single glint and a single eye and a single peacock feather. It takes an omniscient being to tell the difference between free will and predestination. But Buddha said there's free will and predestination with that. So there, there are some things that we are destined to experience. That's part of our agenda, the spiritual agenda, the karmic debt, the uh, whatever you want to call it. But there are some things that are just random. And our spiritual training, our spiritual strength will teach us how to deal with that, the random things, the unexpected things, the stuff that our, uh, our, our inner spirit our soul is not prepared to deal with. You know, our, our spirit will say, "Hey, that's that's not what I signed up for." But part of our training is that, okay, that's unexpected. So how do we deal with this? You know, I'm completely off guard. How do how do we back up back up and recoup? You know, how do we do this? So, um, so let's make make a, how we direct our desire. You know, you desire things. Um, is it a wholesome or an unwholesome desire? Sure, we need money to live. Yeah, we do. Um, we need a lot of things. Um, so you have to direct your desire in two ways. You can direct it outward to the entire world, or you can direct it at one person who can give you the things you need. So you can set up these corresponding desire vibrations in the mind of another person, as is taught in uh, a lot of the works of Mr. Conlon and Mr. Atkinson. Um, or you can desire the direct force toward the will of the other person on a more subconscious level you can entice them you can charm them um, toward uh, having favorable disposition toward you uh, you can charm them into compliance so there are ways to dominate people and ways to charm them uh, with your with your own force of desire um, now there's a more subtle force and we're going to get into this uh, in, in a series on the power of sexual attraction where you can mentally seduce people to uh, to fall in love with you and uh, want to give you things because they love you. And this is uh, a secret 
that has been used by many, many people, many people in show business. You ever notice how many of the people in show business, people say, oh, my God, he's a hunk, she's a beauty. And if you actually look at them objectively, they're not that attractive. You see, they're, they're projecting a sexuality, um, a, a sexiness. You know, you know, Ryan Gosling is not that good looking. Uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, is not that good looking. I mean, physically. But they project a a sexual uh, attraction. And, you know, you might disagree with me. You might say, oh, no, they are, they are. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Look at them objectively, objectively. And you will see that they really aren't. Their bodies are out of proportion. Their faces are out of proportion. They're, they're plain. By my generation standard, they're plain. I'm not saying they're unattractive, but they're plain. Uh, uh, Angela Jolie, not attractive at all. But man, people, I know people that are, they're like dogs, <laughs> you know, like this. Uh, but we'll talk about this more next week. You know, thanks so much for coming by. Um, come back next week. We'll talk some more in the streets of Beverly Smith is coming up. Another show you should listen to. She's our social justice warrior, man. She's out there putting it out on the streets. Uh, we'll see you next week. You know, as always, the Reverend loves you all. Uh, come back next week. Bye-bye.